0: hi everyone and welcome back to this podcast so today we will be taking a look at the second movie in the lost boys franchise and the movie is lost boys the tribe so, I am recording this outside today, so unfortunately the noise quality is not 100%. Today we're looking at the second movie in the franchise. Next week we'll be looking at the last Lost Boys sequel, and then after that, from June the 18th, we will be resuming our TVD content. So, last week I had my first guest on the podcast. Um, my significant other came onto the episode, and it was really fun, and we were planning on doing this episode together, but unfortunately, He's been very busy with work. So before we start looking at the episode, I do want to mention, I do want to give a quick shout out to the people who answered my Spotify Q&As. On my episode covering TVD Season 1, Episode 14, I left the question, um, what are your predictions for the rest of Season 1? And one person said that they think that the vampires will come out the tomb and that they will join together. Um, Another prediction I received was that we would get an appearance from Catherine sometime soon because now we found out that she's alive she could appear anytime my episode covering the 1987 movie Near Dark um, I asked the question what is your favourite vampire related media? It can be a TV show, book or movie and of course as this is a TVD themed podcast initially, um, I got some answers saying that The Vampire Diaries was their favourite and I also got an answer saying that Twilight was their favourite so I, uh, I will be covering Twilight. I'm thinking after season 2 of TVD I'll take a few weeks break of tvd and cover all the twilight movies so definitely look forward to that and yeah so i was looking at my analytics and i noticed that i have many many younger viewers um around 44 percent of you guys are under 17 which is crazy to me like i can't believe it's been literally seven years since i was a teenager and i think yeah The day that this episode goes live is actually my birthday and I will be turning 25. Yeah, I think that's about it for the introduction, so next I'm just gonna briefly read out who the main cast are of this movie and talk about the music. So the movie was released in 2008, so it was released 21 years after the original movie. And the original director of the first movie, Joel Schumacher, wanted to do a direct sequel, but it was unfortunately turned down. Um, just to briefly introduce you to the main cast. So the main cast this time are two siblings called Chris and Nicole Emerson. So you'll notice that they have the same last name as Michael and Sam from the first movie. And Chris is played by Tad Hilgenbrink, I think that's how you pronounce it. Nicole is played by Autumn Reesa, and Autumn Risa was a main cast, I think, on season 4 of The O.C. She played a role called Taylor. I have watched The O.C. I think I've watched it once. Yeah, I've watched season 1 and 2 loads of times, and then late seasons I've only saw once. So unfortunately, I don't remember her role, but I am planning on rewatching The O.C. And then for the main vampire this time, um, we have Shane Powers, and he is played by Angus Sutherland. And interestingly enough, he is actually the half-brother of Kiefer Sutherland, who played David in the first movie. So we have like a little vampire gang again. This time it's like a surfer vampire gang. And one of the vampires, um, called Kyle, just wanted to... He's, it's not like he had a major role, but the reason why I want to mention him is because... This actor was also in The Vampire Diaries. So this actor is called Sean Sipos. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he plays a role called Aaron Whitmore in Vampire Diaries Season 5. Yeah. So if you haven't watched The Vampire Diaries, I recommend that you don't look up the actors or the character names because spoilers tend to come up. But if you've watched all of the series before, you will know who this character is. And then, of course, we have the return of Corey Feldman, um, who plays Edgar Frog. And we do have a really, really small cameo of Sam Emerson, played by Corey Heim, but it's only at the very end. Music-wise, I'd say it's more modern, obviously, than the first movie, but we do have the Cry Little Sister song um, that is played throughout the movie again. This time, it's like a remix version, it's more like a rock version, and it's played by Aidan. Basically, the setup is pretty similar. You know, the main human cast are two siblings. We have a vampire gang, and then we have the frog brother. So, I'd say the setup is pretty similar to the first one. So, seeing as I've introduced the main characters to you guys, let's take a look at the plot of the movie. So, yes, we're looking at the movie. And first of all, um, an interesting point is the lighting of this movie. So, compared to the first movie, I'd say the lighting is very more, it's much more darker. It's like a greenish dark tone. And I noticed that a lot of like late 2000s, early 2010s vampire movies tend to use the same lighting. So you'll see it in the Vampire Diaries and I think Twilight is like that as well. It's very different to the first movie, which is like a bright 80s movie. So we're introduced to this gang of vampire surfers. There's a lot more vicious kills and scenes shown this time, I think. First of all, this, the gang of vampire surfers. They take off the head of the house owner. I think the house owner was a vampire too. And yeah, so we just get a lot more vicious scenes throughout the whole movie. Um, We get a whole, we get all these shots of the town. And when I first saw the movie, so I watched it twice. And when I first saw the movie, I thought that the town was Santa Clara. So I thought it was the same town. But it turns out that this town is actually a different one. So it's called Luna Bay. But the scenes that they shot were very similar. So we're introduced to the two siblings, Chris and Nicole, and they are headed to their Aunt Jillian's house. And so they arrive and the Aunt shows them around, um, shows them down to this really rundown place. And she says that she would charge them six fifty dollars a month because they're family, not the initial $800. And they seem shocked because they think that they're going to be able to stay there for free. And when they're kind of like looking around the furniture and all the stuff we see some deer antlers and these are the deer antlers that were of course we saw in the first movie that were used to stake david so that's why i thought that we were at the grandpa's old house because you wouldn't just see those deer antlers lying anywhere They go around to explore the town so like i said the setup is very similar to the first movie where the two siblings have moved to the town and then they're exploring around town and we see a saxophone guy and apparently this was an homage to the original movie original saxophone guy so they're exploring around town and from what we hear chris was formerly a professional surfer So he's at a surfer shop talking and he's looking for a shaper. So he's introduced to the Frog Brothers. So of course, as we've watched the first movie, we know who the infamous Frog Brothers are. And while he's in the shop, Nicole is outside and she's approached by a guy called Evan. In early parts of the movie, he kind of creeps me out, but then we find out afterwards that he wasn't a bad guy after all. So yeah, this guy is called Evan. But then Chris comes out the shop, so both of them go to the frog trailer together and no one answers. But we actually see a scene of one of the brothers watching from behind the blinds, which we later on find out is Edgar. So they're living in a very, he's living in a very abandoned trailer park now. Okay, so next we'll move on to the nighttime. We have a party scene so it's at the nighttime, and chris meets shane so apparently shane used to be one of the greatest surfers and then he just disappeared um of course afterwards we find out it's because he's a vampire so that's why he can't come out during the day anymore so he invites chris to a party and when he tells nicole this back home nicole wants to go and the aunt walks in and asks them if they want to do a movie night and the movie she holds is the goonies i've never watched the goonies but interestingly enough, um, this the Goonies movie features Corey Feldman. They end up going to the party and we see that Chris is very overprotective over Nicole. I think especially because it's just the two of them now and their parents have passed away. Um, so he just wants to leave the party and go home. She doesn't and they end up separating. So we see Evan, the creepy guy from earlier outside the surfer shop spot Nicole and he wants to go and approach her. Um Just when he finds her, Shane gets his other vampires um Kyle slash Aaron Whitmore um to distract him While that is happening, Chris follows a girl I don't know the name of this girl. she leads him into the house and they're in the shower. You know this girl seems really interesting to him, but All he can think about is his sister. He's really worried, so he just runs off basically. Meanwhile, um, Shane is giving a tour of the house to Nicole. Um, They end up talking in one of the rooms. We find out that Nicole and Chris lost their parents in a car accident, which just really reminds me of, of course, Elena and Jeremy in The Vampire Diaries. We also find out that, you know, after the their parents' death. Chris would tend to lose his temper a lot and he ended up getting kicked off the circuit, which is why they lost money. Um, so they had to move to Luna Bay. And they start talking about death and Nicole mentions that dying is a part of living, which I think it's true. It, it does make us appreciate life more when we know that there's a time limit to it. And Shane gives her a dead rose puts it in her hand and when she opens the hand um, it's changed to a real life real living rose Um, so we saw the whole noodles rice hypnosis thing that David did in the first movie but this was on a whole other level like this is like magic literally so they don't really describe the abilities of the vampires in this movie seems like it's higher than compulsion, I'd say. I'd say this is more magic than compulsion or hypnosis. Yeah, just noticing these scenes, you really see that Shane looks very similar to David, which of course, I mean, they are half brothers, but you do see the similarities throughout the movie. He takes out a bottle, he has a sip, he hands Nicole the drink, says it's good, so she should try it. And of course, as I just watched the first movie, I just knew straight away that Again, she's going to be drinking vampire blood, so she'll be turning into a half vampire. So yeah, she's transitioned and I think they go off on a bike and then they come back to the house and then Chris gets really angry at Shane and he takes Nicole home really mad. They're on their way home and Nicole starts crying in pain and she says to she says to Chris that she's really in pain, her stomach hurts, and she pukes in the car. And of course, Chris just thinks that she's drunk, um, which is understandable because they just came back from a party and they wouldn't think that she has turned into a half vampire. So... They're back home and there's this scene where Nicole has black eyes, like her eyes literally change and it almost looks like she's possessed. So we didn't see that in the first movie. We saw the vampire eyes, they get like these greenish, hazelish eyes, but we never saw pitch black eyes. And from all the horror movies I've seen, pitch black eyes usually means that you're possessed. So yeah, I thought that it was strange that they changed up the vampire faces and i wasn't quite sure why they did that but anyways just when we think that nicole is going to attack chris um edgar comes in and we have our first appearance of edgar for the second movie he knocks her out and we he reveals himself to be a shaper and a vampire hunter and of course even though chris is shocked as to what nicole is like um it is his sister after all so he kicks Edgar out and Edgar says it's your funeral and then he leaves and yeah I just thought it funny that his voice hasn't changed at all since the first movie um for example Sam is featured at the very end of the movie and his voice went through puberty and changed so it's lower now but Edgar always had Edgar Frog slash Corey Feldman always had that very low voice so after a while the mystery girl that we we saw from the party knocks at their door and she says the line aren't you gonna invite me in so of course by now if you've watched any vampire sort of movie or tv show you will know that that is a sign that she is a vampire i mean i kind of guessed it from the first party scene anyways he invites her in and they start to make out, but she, all of a sudden she starts trying to feed on him. So she keeps trying to bite him. And Chris is freaked out. He froze her. And it just so happens that those deer antlers that were very handy in the first movie came in handy again. So she's staked, um, into the deer antlers and her body, her body turned into stone so if you remember edgar frog says that no vampires go the same way some of them noisy some of them quiet so in this vampire series um when they die as well they're all different so some of them might explode some of them yeah will turn turning to stone i guess yeah so i just find it very strange how the vampires look so different compared to the first movie like the sounds they make, it almost sounds like they're zombies instead of vampires. Um, but by now, after seeing what happened to this mystery girl, who I don't know the name of, um, Chris is starting to believe what Edgar said earlier. So he's gone to the trailer to see Edgar, to find out what's going on. And, you know, Edgar gives this whole explanation of vampires to Chris and he shows him some comic books and these comic books were of course from the first movie um he talks about how he understands how Chris feels because he knows what it's like to lose family to the other side um he also mentions something like that later about losing a sibling so he's kind of hinting towards the fact that Alan is possibly potentially a half vampire and unfortunately he doesn't appear in this movie he was planning to be appeared in this movie but they deleted the scenes but we will see him in the third movie to kind of find out what's happened so yeah they're in the trailer um edgar drinks holy water with raw eggs with garlic and he calls this frog juice so i guess it's to build his stamina and to protect him from vampires and yeah, so after hearing everything from Edgar, um, Chris is headed back home to Nicole and Evan has gone to see Nicole. When Chris finds him, he kicks him out and he reveals the vampire news to Nicole, which of course she doesn't believe at first. I mean, it's understandable that you wouldn't believe it straight away. But then he puts a mirror in front of her and she sees that there's no reflection. She has no reflection anymore. But he says that the good news is that because Nicole is still a half vampire, she can turn back to human if they find the head vampire and kill the head vampire. Um, but of course, now Nicole believes and she realizes what is going on. She She's in a panic mode. She reveals that she's a vegetarian, so she's disgusted by the fact that she wants to drink blood. And... While they're talking, you know, Evan is head, Evan is outside, headed back to his house, but he gets kidnapped. So it's the next day and Chris is talking to Edgar again. They're sort of trying to make a plan on how to kill the head vampire. So Chris says he thinks that Shane is the head vampire. So he thinks that the mansion that they went to for the party is their den, so they can go there to kill him. But then Edgar reveals that vampires like deep, dark places to use as caves. So that mansion is basically just used as a lure to lure humans in. But their real den, the real place where they sleep, would be like a deep, dark dungeon kind of place. And meanwhile, Nicole is back at the house. She wakes up and she's sort of being summoned by Shane because Shane is calling her name. And then she's in like a trance and she's headed towards there. This I thought was very similar to True Blood, so I think I mentioned it before in one of my Vampire Diaries episodes, um, how in the True Blood there's a very strong relationship connection between your Maker, so the Vampire that made you and you, and so they can summon you anytime. And once they summon you, you literally can't not go. It's like your body is pulling you towards your Maker um yeah that's a very similar scene i thought to true blood so edgar reveals his plan to chris and he says that the only way to save nicole is for chris to turn into a half vampire he said it's the only way um he needs to get close to them gain their trust you know learn their secrets where they are at night time and then betray them at the very last moment so nicole has arrived and She reunites with Shane and the song Cry Little Sister plays, this time it's a different rock version but it's very much similar to the scene of Michael and Star in the first movie. We're on to the last 30 minutes of the movie, and it's the next morning, and the aunt is really mad at Chris. He says that the check bounced, and he really disapproves of them and their lifestyle, the fact that they just party all night and then sleep all day, and she says an interesting line. She says, stop acting like a group of vampires, which is funny because we know that, you know, technically, Nicole is a half-vampire. And one really weird scene is when the aunt is talking... I had to rewatch this because I thought it was my mind playing games, but when she was talking, we see the grandpa from the first movie. His reflection or picture is behind her, like in the house. And this wasn't mentioned in any other like reviews or podcasts I saw, but I swear that that was the grandpa. So I don't know why his picture was there. But it's all the more reason to think that that was his house. It transitions to the nighttime again, and you know now Chris is sort of hanging around with the vampires. He's trying to get to know them and be trusted by them. And of course, as they were all former surfers, they want to surf, but they can't surf during the day. So they only surf at night now. And when they're in the car, they give Chris blood so he drinks it and now he is also a half vampire so although chris wants to go with them um, shane and nicole go off just the two of them and chris is left with the other vampires they're sort of at this like campfire and they're hanging out with these several human girls and at first it seems like they're all getting along but then they reveal that they are vampires and they start to attack each girl so of course chris doesn't want to be a vampire, he doesn't want to attack anyone, so he tells the girl that he is with to run off, but one of the vampires, who I forgot the name of, gets to her first, attacks her, and of course he's really angry at Chris because he considers it a betrayal, um, that he doesn't want to be like that. But Chris stakes him, and now that he's staked him, all the other vampires are after him. but. Thankfully, Edgar comes to the rescue with wooden cross stakes. So after seeing the stakes, the two other vampires vamp run off, and we are left to we are left with Chris and Edgar. So yeah, I don't know if they showed it in the first movie, but in this movie they show that the vampires can do a vamp speed, so they can vamp run, which we also see in the vampire diaries. So Chris and Edgar are headed to the cave and they're preparing. Um, We see Edgar turn water into holy water and like Chris is like, how can you do that? So he reveals that he ordained himself online, so he's a minister now. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not, so apparently you don't even need to study. You can just ordain yourself online. That probably isn't true. I can't imagine it being that easy. But yeah, he basically says the same line as the first movie to Chris. He says, not all bloodsuckers go the same way. Um, uh, but all of them will try to take them with, take you with them. So he introduces all these weapons. He has like holy water, bullets, and wooden stakes and metal stakes. And one weapon, um, I found was strange was garlic because I do remember in the first movie when Edgar and Alan tried to kill one of the vampires by pushing them in the bathtub with garlic and holy water. Um, the vampire says that garlic doesn't work. And then Nanook pushes the vampire and then it's the holy water that kills him. So yeah, not probably a loophole because I remember that they said that garlic doesn't work. Edgar puts his red bandana on and of course this is another homage to the original movie. He wore his red bandana. And let's see, meanwhile, so basically Shane took Nicole back to the cave and the reason why is because he wants her to perform her first kill that way she can fully transition into a vampire and they can be together eternally so she's kept cap- so he captured evan for her to kill but nicole doesn't want to kill him because she knows him she doesn't feel like she's ready and shane says that this is the one thing that's stopping you Uh, This is your one shred of humanity that's kind of like stopping you from transitioning. So while they're talking, one by one, the vampires are killed in the cave and it's just Shane left. So it's Shane, Nicole and Chris. And Shane keeps punching and attacking Chris and Nicole stakes Shane. Shane looks really surprised, but Nicole says that Chris is family. So, of course, she would protect him. Um but shane tries to push the stake into her as well chris kills shane from behind and because the, because shane the head vampire has been killed um chris and nicole turn back into humans they rescue evan and it's the morning and they come back and the very last scene is the aunt being mad at them thinking thinking that they are on drugs and then that's the end of the movie that was the initial end of the movie, but we do have a small scene which is in between the credits. And just when you think the movie has ended, this scene is really probably the best scene that everyone wanted to see. So we have Edgar and then a mystery guy approaches him. We find out that this is Sam and it appears that Sam and Edgar have some previous tension between them. Maybe they argued or something went on, it's not really explained. And they, it's revealed that Sam is a vampire. We see it by his face. And they start fighting and then it ends. So we don't know if one killed the other or not. Of course, when we watch the third movie, we know that Edgar is very much still alive. But yeah, I think that that was the best scene. I really wish they had a longer scene to kind of explore what happened between them in the past or to see what happens. Um, So yeah, that was the end of the movie. I think this time the plot wasn't really that deep and there wasn't that much to talk about so I think I ran through it pretty quicker than I usually do. So yeah next let's take a look at the reviews um, online and what the ratings are. So the movie was actually rated really poorly it was very poorly received so on IMDB it's ranked 4.5 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes um the score from the audience was 25% and then it was 0% from the critics so yeah very poorly received i'm just going to read you out some of the reviews one person said sadly the movie we really wanted to see is only hinted at about 30 seconds into the credits so i think everyone was really anticipating the return of the two coreys they wanted to see more of an homage to the original movie and we only saw movie that we really wanted to see at the very last 30 seconds cameo appearance. One other person said, precisely the cheap and cash grab non-movie I expected it to be. This is insultingly bad. So yeah, I guess some people thought that this was just a way to make money off the Popularity of the original movie. Oh, another person says it's ridiculous that Warner made this movie, especially because it's obvious that it was made to cash in on the film's title. This, in no way, shape, or form, is a Lost Boys movie, other than the fact that Corey Feldman and Corey Heyman had a cameo. And then one last review this one says, All the tribe um accomplishes is reminding you that the lost boys is still a better film and can't be topped so i think lots of fans of the original movie were very dissatisfied with this movie and they felt that it wasn't really related to the original movie at all literally just the title was used but the storylines didn't really connect So before I reveal my final thoughts and my ranking, I'm just going to read a couple of trivia facts to you guys. So I think there's not as many trivia facts this time, mainly because this sequel or both of the sequels to Lost Boys weren't really mainstream movies, they were direct-to-video sequels. But let's read a few that I found. So first of all, it says Corey Feldman was originally reluctant to reappear as Edgar Frog, but he changed his mind when he was offered a larger part in the story. So... For him he didn't want to do just a cameo he wanted to do, probably have a main role in the movie next one is Corey Haim and Corey Feldman are the only original cast members from the last boys 1987 to return Jameson Newlander also returned but his scenes were deleted so yeah as I said earlier there were some scenes of Alan frog but they were deleted but we will find out what's happened to him in the third movie um, another fact says, before this film entered development, three ideas for a sequel to The Lost Boys were considered. Um, one was a prequel focusing David and how he became a vampire. Another was titled The Lost Girls and another titled Lost Boys Devil May Cry. I really wish they did the first one, a prequel focusing on how David became a vampire because I think he was the most popular character from the original movie and it would have been much more interesting i think to see a prequel on like the background story um, behind these vampires so i think i mentioned last week when i was talking about the original movie how they actually have comic books in between when these movies were released and the comic books really explain what happened to the characters and In one of the comic books, um, there's one called Lost Boys, Reign of Frogs, and that's where I think you find out how Sam became a vampire and what happened to Alan as well. So, yeah another fact says the producers decided to give both Corey Feldman and Corey Haim prominent roles after the two Corey's became a success. So I mentioned how, I mean, I watched one episode of this last week, um, but the two Coreys was like a reality show. They had two seasons of it and it was basically about the two Corey's And that reality show was such a success and it was released just before this movie. So that's why the producers, I guess, wanted to cash in on that and put them both in the movie. But unfortunately, Unfortunately, um, Corey Hayes' role would be reduced to a brief cameo due to his drug relapse. So originally, he was pl- he originally he was planned to have a much more prominent role in the movie, but I think I read somewhere that he couldn't remember his lines and he wouldn't show up on set, and therefore um, all he got was that really short cameo at the end, which is really such a shame. If we would have saw a If we would have saw a bigger role, I think the movie would have been a whole lot more popular and we would have been able to find out more information, background information, as to what happened because, of course, not all of us have had our hands on the comic book series. So we don't know what's happened to everyone since the original movie. Yeah, I think that's about all for the trivia facts. One thing I read somewhere was apparently Chris and Nicole were supposed to be Um, the son and daughter of Michael and Star. And it was Michael and Star that were killed in the car accident. But then another place I read was that they were cousins. So, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I guess they they just used the same last name, but they didn't really explain the connection. So I really wish they explained something there. So, yeah, I'm going to wrap things up with my final thoughts and my ranking of the... last time i ranked the movie the original lost boys movie from 1987 i ranked it 8.5 out of 10 which i would say is pretty high i think this movie i'm gonna rank as a 6 out of 10 so i do think that most of the poor reviews That we saw on the internet by critics is from people who watched the original movie back in the 1980s so i can imagine if i watched the original movie back in the 1980s had waited 20 years for a sequel finally get a sequel expect to see more of the original cast um and to see that movie i think i would have ranked it lower the reason why i think i enjoyed it is because i watched all three movies in like the same day so there wasn't this huge gap between the stories but if i waited for like 20 years and only got that small cameo at the end of sam i probably would have rated it lower so i would have been more disappointed definitely if i had to wait 20 years for that sequel um but i didn't hate this movie actually um especially rewatching it i i really enjoyed watching it um i didn't hate it at all actually i think the main reason why I enjoyed it is because I really, um, enjoyed Edgar Frog's role. I think it was really funny to see that he hadn't changed since the original movie, and I really enjoy, like, the humor. If there wouldn't have been any appearances from the original cast, I probably would have ranked it lower. But thanks to him having a major role, um, I really enjoyed it. I just think it's really a shame how, um, We didn't get more of an appearance from Sam as well. We only had that really short cameo. So, of course, behind the scenes, there was like a drug relapse and that was why there wasn't a more longer role. But it was just such a shame. That would have been a way more huge a hit. And one thing I'd like to criticize is the ending. I do feel that the ending was very rushed and the vampires were killed off really easily. So, yeah. I wish that they... I wish that they made it more difficult to kill the vampires. I like to see a good fight going on between the vampires and humans, like we do in The Vampire Diaries. And... So yeah, but overall it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. And so that's the end of today's episode. So today we were looking at Lost Boys, the first sequel, um, Lost Boys to the tribe. And next week we'll be looking at the final movie of the Lost Boys franchise. And it was released in 2010. So after that, the week after next week, we will be resuming our Vampire Diaries content. So I'm going to need to like brush up and watch the previous Vampire Diaries episodes to kind of remember what was going on so yeah um, I'm gonna end this podcast with my question of the week and this time my question is what is a movie that you have enjoyed recently this doesn't have to be vampire related it can be any genre just let me know what movie you have enjoyed seeing it can be a new movie or an old movie that you recently saw If you listen to this podcast on Spotify, you can answer in the Q&A section. If you listen to me on Apple Podcast, you can send me your reply on our Instagram, which is at the Mystic Podcast. So thank you for listening to this podcast. I will end today's episode with the Cry Little Sister cover from this movie, and I will see you next Sunday.